Hey there, John here. We are so glad you're listening to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. If you're new to the show, I hope you find something here you'll enjoy and that gives you a reason to come back. If you've been listening for a little while or a long while, as is the case with so many of you, I want to ask a favor. Would you consider introducing us to just one friend this week? There's really no better method of advertising than word of mouth. Pick a friend who shares your sense of humor or interests, even if they don't know what a podcast is, and tell them why our show has become a regular listening for you. And be bold. Help them get a podcast app on their phone and walk them through how to subscribe to the show. We love that you're here and would greatly appreciate your recommendation. Thanks for your time. Now, let's get on with the show. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, everyone. I'm David. I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon, and you should, too. Don't you want to keep this great content coming? So you know what to do. Go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon and just do it. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners to this Backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? The Backtrack edition is, as you know, we take a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. This week, we're going back to that local theater from our childhoods to remember and celebrate some of the greatest action heroes of the Gen X era. Whether your favorite was a martial arts master, an armed-to-the-teeth warrior, or a wise-cracking everyman, we are going to pick our favorites from the Gen X era action heroes. Heroes. Before we get into that, it's time for some fourth listener email, one of my favorite parts of the show. And our fourth listener email this week is from StuBunky. Now, StuBunky! <laughs> I say it's one of my favorite parts of the show, and yet I'm going to read this email anyway, so bear with me. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the, what the hell? The topic of StuBunky's email is Star Trek debate debacle. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh, so, we had a debacle? Well, well, here we go. The whole Here's debate, a, apparently. According to StuBunky. <laughs> StuBunky says, Yo, John, another good episode. I couldn't follow the arguments too closely. Sorry, I'm way more of a Star Wars fan like Mo. Yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Nonetheless, I think you lucked out with the debate on Roddenberry versus Berman. Uh What? I lucked out. George clearly had you beat on that one. Nice. Way to go, Stew Monkey. If it was clear, Mo would have said George was the victor. So it wasn't clear. If Mo wasn't in your back pocket the whole time, yeah. He goes on to say, I was almost beginning to think the whole thing was rigged, one-sided by you and Mo. Yes! It never Never, ever was. Never. But luckily, George evened it out at least for a tie. But yeah, sorry to break it to you. George is a much, much better debater. Too much is. Much, much better debater <laughs> than you. Ha ha ha. Wow. Nice. It's, a, it's a little. What? Nice. It's a little nice. hurtful. It's right, though. <laughs> it's accurate. I mean, it is accurate. It's a verified independent source. What are you going to argue with? I conceded at the beginning that you were superior at debate. That's why I had and to have Mo won all those show. debates, even though Mo was in your back pocket. He was not. Okay. Well, you're your front pocket, whatever. <laughs> Where, wherever he was at, he was in some pocket. <sighs> Mo, there was no collusion. Can we verify this now? Yeah. Is that accurate? How Thank are you going to we'll, we'll, we'll no get a collusion? You had a together phone call and... ahead of time about wanting him to host it so that you could concentrate more on. That's collusion right there. That's not collusion. That's strategy. That's cooperation. That's the same thing, you cheating <laughs> bastards. <laughs> yeah, potato, potato. <laughs> Stew Monkey says, may the fourth listener be with you. Stew Monkey, thank you so much much we love it every time the fourth listener writes in even stew monkey even though <laughs> even though you're telling me i'm crappy at debate uh if you'd like your email read here on the show just hit us up at podcast at gen x grown up.com it, it, and it's true i get it i get it you, you were very good in the debates that's yeah, why he was. He was. that's Thank why i needed mo to, to to back me up there so <laughs> is that what you call it yes it's not collusion it's cooperation <laughs> 
cooperation. I'm pretty sure the, that word is in no, both was, definitions. <laughs> I think it was more leveling the playing field. That the, that doesn't sound as good as no. cooperation <laughs> to me. Which uh, sounds like a handicap. <laughs> that doesn't sound like it. Well, he needed right. a handicap. Let's anyway. get into these action heroes right after this break. This summer, it's head-on thrills, head-first excitement, and it's coming at you from both sides of the screen. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Jack Slater. This hero stuff has its limits. The last action hero. The big ticket for 93. Guys, for the last few weeks, we have been checking out Factors ready-made meals. Now, they tell us that eating better is easy with their delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, ready to go in two minutes. All that is great. It wouldn't matter if it didn't taste good. So mm-hmm. I've, we've, I've had several. I've been eating them every couple of nights. I'll try one of these Factor meals. And then I had this turkey chili, and wow, was that good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my fiancé is vegetarian. Is vegan actually so i went with the, yes. with the vegetarian option oh mm-hmm. okay and you did for the whole box okay yeah for the whole box you know because they have like over 35 different options you can choose from like every single week mm-hmm. so i went with the vegan option or the vegetarian option and let me tell you they were pretty freaking amazing yeah matter of okay. fact she yeah. stole half of them one to start with wow. she, she took so. them from you yeah yeah my <laughs> wife and i have been trading out saying oh you try this and you try this and check it out mm-hmm. <laughs> it was surprisingly good and again like i didn't realize that even that some of these that were even vegetarian i didn't even know that didn't even know wow hmm. so what's really cool though is that if you want to add something extra to all these different meal choices that mm-hmm. you're talking about, there's like 60 different add-ons to help you get going <laughs> and feel good basically all day long. And I don't mean mm-hmm. just like like an extra side or something like that. Like there's a whole bunch of breakfast add-on meals that you can add on to your subscription, not add on yeah. to the right, dinner yeah. meal, but like mm-hmm. to add to your meal plan for the day. And mm. I just think it's, it's really awesome that they give you all these different choices so that you're not just tied into just dinner or just lunch. Having breakfast mm-hmm. as part of one of these meal plans is, I think, kind of unique. I haven't seen that before in any of these meal yeah. delivery services. So I don't know what everybody's waiting for. It's time to get started and get after <laughs> your goals right now. Fuel up fast with Factors restaurant quality meals are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Pancakes and smoothies? Yes, please. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping or cooking or even cleanup required. Just throw it in the trash when you're done. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Let me tell you, if you're looking for something fast with premium options, Factor is the perfect solution for you. You guys know I'm the spreadsheet guy. I have done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every single meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Just head over to factormeals.com slash genx50 and use code genx50 to get 50% off. That's code genx50 at factormeals.com slash genx50 to get 50% off. A huge part of our media experience growing up was certainly some huge action films. And with action films come huge action heroes. And we're going to talk about a lot of them. As we were preparing for this show, what we found was there were a few categories. So rather than lump all of these action heroes together, we've kind of broken them down. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you take, you know, a guy who's a muscle-bound, gun-toting guy versus a guy who's a ninja. And they're not quite the same thing. Mm. So he kind of grouped them a bit. And what we're going to do is uh, we're going to take these categories in each segment. Each of us are going to put forth an action hero that meets that criteria that we think is kind of the best or representative of, uh, of the action hero of that genre. Uh, and the first one we're doing is uh, kind of a combo we call big guns and big muscles. So this is the <laughs> that does Mandalero. It, it, it like totally does not describe us. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I've, big toys and uh, I don't know. That's about yeah, all. <laughs> big toys, big egos. That would probably be us. <laughs> that's that's all of us. That's exactly right. Right. So yeah. So big guns, big muscles, and we've each kind of selected. There, there's so many great action heroes, but we've kind of each picked one that we think kind of epitomizes that action hero from Gen X, kind of a representative. Uh, and Mo, why don't we get started with you? So you didn't start small here with the big guns, big oh. muscles. Who are you setting forth for the uh, for the, your action hero? This is who appeared in everyone's brain as soon as you 
said that. It's, right. It was had Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, come Arnold. on. Arnold. Yes. Arnold. <laughs> if we ignore, you know, Hercules in New York, just ignore that movie altogether <laughs> and move on past that. <laughs> yeah. But everything, I mean, come on. I mean, look at the 80s. Conan, great. Terminator. Commando, yes. which is a silly, but I love that movie for some reason. Predator. Predator. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, the Running Man. Oh, yeah. Red Heat. Let's not forget Twins. Um, <laughs> As an he, action film? Eh, he was, there was some action in there. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> There's like one fight scene in that one. Yeah, but he won. Didn't he carry Danny, Danny DeVito once? I think that requires a little bit of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Terminator okay. 2. I mean, all of them. Last action hero. I mean, he just, he was the action star, I think, of that time. And then granted, I think, you know, the guys you picked also are like right up there with him. I mean, it's, it's going to be a close race. But Arnold Schwarzenegger just had so many movies and he really, I think, brought that whole genre back in, I think, and made them popular and profitable for movies. So they made He's kind more of a poster of child for the action heroes of the 80s. And, and and not just his appearances in the films, but his catchphrases that over oh, and over yes. appeared across all I'll those be films become part of pop culture. Right. Come with me if you want to live. Right. Yes. <laughs> and also, I mean, he even made a movie that kind of made fun of action heroes. The Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero. Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that yep. was like almost like a parody of the action movies. <laughs> yeah. Because I think one of the great things about him, too, is that he didn't take himself that seriously. I think that kind of show that he's like was having fun doing these roles i think just that's what appeals to people well and personally what an amazing rags to riches story schwarzenegger yeah. right so he came over from austria as i think it was 19 or 21 or something when he came over and he literally was just pumping iron no you know pun intended we know that appearance in the documentary pumping yeah. iron with the widers and he just skyrocketed but conan and then he did conan the destroyer i mean come on Okay. Yeah. Okay. You should have left that one out of your argument. I'm telling you. I, know. I don't think any of us are going to put forward an action hero that didn't have a few duds. So you have to forgive yeah, a, a, a couple of those. Not everybody had all. Actually, winners, they right? all have probably a lot of duds. To be quite honest, I mean, yeah, you know, because at the yeah. time, I mean, these action heroes are so popular. I mean, they were just throwing money at these people to do movies, so they were doing all right. sorts of stuff. He's in it. Greenlit. He's in it. Greenlit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Schwarzenegger is pretty high bar. You've started. It's pretty high bar. But George, who do you have that like compares to that? You think uh, the other right? Sylvester Stallone. There's no nah. question. I mean, oh, this boy. guy. Yep. Good one, too. I went and did a little bit of research because I knew John was going to, and I said, well, he can't be the only one doing some research. I found <laughs> I found a site that talked about the total gross numbers for each one of these three actors that we're going to put oh, forward wow. here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it not only listed just their roles as actors, but also when they were directors or writers or producers, any of that mm-hmm. stuff. Sylvester Stallone, believe it or not, tops the list with over $10 billion in total Oof. gross revenue worldwide and that's not even adjusted that's just Mm. at the time counting up it's ridiculous the amount of stuff that this guy has done not only as an actor we all know you know the rocky films Mm -hmm. you know i mean he's he's been in everything he even went so far you think about later on in life he did the expendable series which brought together all the action all these action heroes different eras right Right. so i mean he was that guy i mean you got the rambo series Mm -hmm. he's done just an incredible amount of work and i was looking through it i was looking through his list and it's like 70 films long just as an actor it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. and most of them not all of them as mo said there's always quite a few duds <laughs> here and there but most of them are ones that i've seen mm-hmm. he's even had some huge recent success with films that he's brought back to the main forefront like rocky balboa the mm-hmm. sixth film right after the admittedly horrific rocky five which I still kind of enjoyed, but yeah. Oh, he resurrected that franchise with a new take on it. Like instead mm-hmm. of focusing on Rocky, you just focus on it's like the Rocky universe, you know, the, the other yeah. people in there and like, right. You know, the give Creed their films that have come exactly. out since then. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Even John Rambo, he kind of brought that character back. The last couple of Rambo films were really interesting. Yeah. The last one I really enjoyed. I thought it was a different take on the action genre. He does this himself. You got to realize he's been a screenwriter. He was nominated for the Academy Award for screenwriting in Rocky. Yeah. That film won for director and he won best actor. I think he's the only one of these three to have won that. Mm-hmm. The Academy Award for best actor. It's just nuts. He, he wrote Rocky and then yeah, he, he took it to he Hollywood. It. He shopped it around and ended up starring in it just because nobody else met his vision yeah. of what he wanted Rocky to be, right? <laughs> well, and nobody else really wanted to be in it. Nobody thought that yeah. it was going to be a story that anybody would want to go to the movies to see. Nobody said, crazy. hey, you know, this... Especially because think about that film, what everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people forget is he lost. The character lost the match and it was still a huge success. Everybody still loved him and enough to make Rocky two where he finally won. And then, you know, I mean, think about it. He introduced us to Mr. T. Spoiler alert. Come 
on spoiler now. alert. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a 40 year old spoiler alert. Right. Yeah. Talk about writing your own. He ticket, introduced though. us to Mr. Holy. T and Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I know. totally agree with you, Joy. And one thing I think that Stallone and Schwarzenegger, I think that I think the reason why they're kind of a step up from a lot of the other action heroes that are out there is that their characters are not some, oh, granted, they have a lot of movies where their characters are just one dimensional, stupid characters, right? And there's just fun. Right. But a lot of their movies that they did, like these characters, like uh, the first blood, you know, the very mm-hmm. first one, mm-hmm. yeah, right? The Rambo film. That was not like a, a just like an action movie. I mean, it had a real story behind it, and his character it did. had a lot yeah, of later ones kind of focused it. more on the, Which, on the machine by the guns way, and stuff. Guess what? Yeah. He wrote that film too. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, I mean, you know, so extremely talented. Yeah, he's a double, triple threat. He yep. was in all four aspects, writer, director, producer, and actor in Staying Alive. Can you believe that? Really? I didn't I realize did. I know that. <laughs> I didn't either, but it's there on his Wikipedia page, so it I'll must be, be true. Must be true. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> fact. I think I think the winner of any argument, he he sang a bunch of duets in a movie with Dolly Parton called Rhinestone. <laughs> he did. You, you do have the Dolly Parton card. I knew you'd play yeah. that. <sighs> <laughs> That's almost not fair, though. I know, right? Yeah. Talk about big guns. Uh, you know, anyway. <laughs> hey oh. oh. John, what about you? Which, uh, love you, Dolly. Which right. one of these uh, awesome Gen X actors are you going to put forth for action hero and big guns, big muscles? Oh, one of my favorites, and he continues to work today, but, I mean, he really became in the limelight in the Gen X era in the early 80s, and that is Bruce Willis. Okay, uh, so okay. so he's John McClane for starters. Can we just begin there? But yeah, in the early '80s, he was dabbling in in film and TV, like uncredited stuff. He wasn't even getting much. He was getting work, but not you know anything real. And then he got cast uh, in Moonlighting, mm, right? The Civil yeah, Shepherd in '85. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's I think where everybody first saw him. And oddly enough, like the character he played there, David Addison, he's this PI, and he's like a wise cracking guy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was almost like a dry run for John McClane. His yeah. character there was that same kind of snarky awry wit kind of a smart ass yes exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so he just sky of course die hard skyrocketed still is just a seminal oh, classic movie. today yeah it's one of the best on best the one of the best ever. christmas films ever yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is a christmas film yes I it agree. is i agree can we all agree i do george yeah, yes absolutely thank you yeah. yes yes let's fight about it if you don't agree it is a christmas film <laughs> watch it if, if you're just if you're basing that in your memory go watch it again with the thought that it must be a christmas film and you'll be convinced but anyway but after Die Hard, he went on to do tons of awesome stuff, even up to modern. I mean, of course, Die Hard 2, Pulp Fiction, Die Hard with a Vengeance. And we had 12 Monkeys, the sci-fi, the oh, yeah. mind-blowing yeah, thing. Yeah. Good film. He was in Good The Fifth film. Element. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. The big oh, sci-fi yeah. action thing. <laughs> Fifth Element was awesome. He's in this big guns, big muscles thing. He's not a big guy. And he doesn't always no. tote big guns, but he's always in the heat of the action. And he's the guy kicking ass and getting work done. And usually with his wits, which I really love about him. I mean, Fifth Element, though, he had some pretty big guns in that film oh yeah he did so huge guns <laughs> it was funny because die hard was like my dad was not like a big action movie kind of guy he didn't care for him that much uh-huh. but he loved die hard and for some reason because he's i guess that scene where he's in the stairway fighting that one guy yeah and he's sitting there cursing and yelling and all this stuff and my dad's like was just like cracking up he's like yeah he's psyching himself up i mean he's like you know he the character was like okay he realized that he's fighting someone bigger than him but he's not gonna let him lose himself because you know he's gonna sit there and if he's not gonna be him physically he's gonna just just demoralize demoralize him. Yeah. <laughs> psych himself up or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, his character was great in that movie. Too bad they made like one too many sequels, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Again, every, we all have some duds in there. Yeah. But what I love about Bruce Willis is he continued to put out great quality stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. Sixth Sense, Armageddon, Unbreakable, Sin City, Looper. What a great Unbreakable. time travel oh, film. Unbreakable was Unbreakable. like a really nice understated action film. I know a lot of people won't consider it an action film. A lot of people say it's a comic book superhero film. A lot of people say it's science fiction film. I kind of think it's like an understated action film just because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the the way he went about with his character doing the different stuff whenever he was fighting off the guys. And I found it really intriguing. I thought it was one of the best films of any of our lists that we've got so far. It was a great movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Who would have known that it created a trilogy some, you know, mm-hmm. 15 years later, which is <laughs> yeah. great with the, the split and, and everything. And I think what's great about Bruce Willis, I don't think you can see anybody else in the roles that he's portrayed. He's in embodied those characters so well. Oh, yeah. There's so much charisma. Like, okay, yeah. so like if you watch Conan, you can see other people in that role later mm-hmm. on, right? Yeah. If you watch Rocky, you can see other people in that role. I don't think you can do that with Bruce Willis. I think 
his roles are his. Right. You're not going to recast the sixth sense. You know, remake of that or with somebody else or or die hard, of course. Right. And, yeah. and, and finally, the last thing I want to say about Bruce Willis that I love is his versatility. So, yes, he's yeah. an action hero. But I mean, he did the Look Who's Talking films. Yeah. Blind Date, <laughs> uh, Red. He's voiced cartoons and video games. Not to mention he has a full and robust musical career uh, and opened the planet Hollywoods along with many of these other action heroes. So, well, the two superstar. that we are talking about. I know. They, yep. The three of them opened those together. Yep. Oh, it's true. I didn't know. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> They're the gang, right? So yeah. huge versatility. The company and, uh, is dead now, but that's okay. Yeah, they still got it started. I give them credit. And it's funny, like these three guys, again, you look at like, these are just like action stars, you know, a big budget and all this stuff. But I think for all three of them, I have seen them in smaller movies where they actually can act like yeah. they're mm-hmm. actually like showing their talent you know like Schwarzenegger like Maggie yeah right mm-hmm. oh yeah you know if you haven't seen Maggie anyone listening to this gotta see it Schwarzenegger is like not a normal Schwarzenegger character and he yeah. played I felt so bad for his character in that movie yeah more, more versatility and range in these characters I, mean, I don't think you can spend this much time in Hollywood being as successful as you are any three of these without learning a few things about how to actually act and they yeah. have yeah. I mean, true. If we're gonna that's put- true forth those kind of roles I would love to put forward Shade if you're a fan of the Sting go out and watch Shade mm. that's a Sylvester Stallone oh, yeah. vehicle I mean he's not mm-hmm. the main actor in it but, he's, but great he in plays it. A, a big role in it it's a really fun good film of yeah, that plus type he was in Death Race 2000 story. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you keep bringing up those bad stinkers Mo but those as are the if fun you think ones, you're proving a point <laughs> that's, that's like yo, I don't know to me it just browns them out <laughs> it shows that they're not perfect you know? <laughs> yep John Rambo, a drifter, just passing through their town. They knew he was innocent. Starting to dislike you a lot. And they didn't give a damn. (laughs) Sylvester Stallone, this time he's fighting for his life. First blood. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I've always been a big fan of martial arts films, you know, mm. like the the old Chinese ones. I mean, all those ones, Kung Fu, Kung Fu, but the martial arts movies that came out in the eighties that were like kind of, uh, I guess U.S. based. I'm not sure the right term for them, but yeah, more, martial more arts Hollywoody, movies. Right. Yeah. yeah, Hollywoody yeah. martial arts movies. You know, yep. there was a whole slew of great characters that came out of that, and great action stars. Some went on to do great things, some not so much, but they had a good time in the '80s, right? That's all we care about. So, yep. George, why don't you kick us off? Who is your nominee for martial arts action star? So, before I give you the name, I'm going to apologize for choosing this person because he's not <laughs> the best human being on the planet. At least yeah. in my opinion. I, I, yeah, no judgment. So, yeah, we, we can we can separate the art from the artist. Uh, yes. I get he it. holds the record of anybody on our list for having the most sexual lawsuits filed against him. Which <laughs> really? is, oh, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> sexual assault lawsuits. It's just like he seems to have one every couple of years and, you know, they all get thrown out or settled, you know, for undisclosed amounts or whatever. So, you know, it's I don't know. The guy's That's quite a setup. I can't wait being. to see who this is. <laughs> I have an idea who this is. Okay. His action films are undoubtedly martial arts based all the way through. He inhabits that character that he portrays. It's the same character in every damn film he's in, but he's that guy every time. And that's Steven Seagal. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, started out yeah. in 1988 with Above the Law. That was his Wait, first go, one. And that really was actually a really good I film. I really enjoyed right? that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah, right. uh, he did Hard to Kill after that and then Marked for Death in the same year, 1990. Aren't those all the same movie? Like you they're said, they're all the same movie. That's my yeah. movie. <laughs> right. Did he write all those also? No, he did not. He actually okay. didn't write any of those. Um, he was the producer of almost all of those. Oh, got it. But he didn't write any of them. The big one that probably brought him even more into the mainstream was Under Siege. That's the one where yes, he's yes. the Navy SEAL, but he's mm-hmm. a cook and he's on the ship. and the, Which is, yeah, talk about your reach plots, but yeah, I won't with yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, but it did have Tommy Lee Jones and it had mm-hmm. Gary Busey in it in a right. crazy role. I love yeah. Gary Busey in that film. I, he's done some really great stuff after Under Siege. That's kind of when he went into his 
I'm going to call it his direct to video phase, yeah. which it was like the Patriot, not even the trees, Prince of Central Park. You haven't heard of any of these films. I guarantee. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> it's, but he's got something about him because a, he is an Aikido master. He's a black belt in Aikido. And I think when I first watched above the law, hard to kill Mark for death, his style of martial arts film was so based in reality mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. it broke the mold of what had come before. Mo, you were talking about the Kung Fu films and that's all the fly by wire yeah. kind of oh, stuff yeah, yeah. where they're doing these crazy mm-hmm. things in the sure, trees yep. and whatnot. His was all grounded in reality. And he made a point of that when he talked about in documentary stuff later on, he would say that I didn't want to do any of the crazy jumping around stuff. I wanted to, Sure, I get that. Be on the street, on my feet, I think was one of his phrases that he used to use. On the street, on my feet. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's just one of those guys who, when you talk about martial arts in the Gen X era, 80s, 90s, you're going to talk about Steven Seagal. No question. Yeah. He might be one of the most common faces on the boxes of VHS tapes that I saw when I went down the movie gallery. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, his the, face the pitch is huge in every single one, the, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, he, yep. he has no ego, apparently. He, yeah. yeah. He's a very humble a giant person. face on the box. And a couple Good of little Lord. silhouettes on the side next to him. Yeah. He's Steven Seagal. And like, and you know, he went on to do some television stuff as well. He had his lawman series where he was a deputy sheriff in Louisiana. And he was even on, believe it or not, Saturday Night Live, which apparently he's one of the few people that has been banned from the show to ever host. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Apparently both David Spade and another guy said he was the worst host ever. He called them all idiots on Wednesday and then wondered why they didn't want to write for him on Saturday. And mm, just, wow. Yeah. He was not a nice guy to be oh. around. And I can't get over his slimy ponytail myself. I just can't yeah. deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> it looks greasy. Just just yeah. on, on film, it looks greasy. That <laughs> he, He's done some silly stuff, but he's done some cool stuff too. He's trained some mixed martial artists, some of the best mixed martial artists of their days. And he has participated in a lot of, I don't know how to describe it, uh, questionable direct-to-video films. Oh. They're not. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I'm having a hard time picking him. I might want to choose somebody else, but. <laughs> <laughs> to change your name. I mean, but there's no question. He's iconic martial arts Gen X person. He is. Yeah. There's yeah. no yeah. question to that. All right. right. Let's go move on to the next one. Mo, who are <laughs> you putting to forward in topics. the martial arts? Yeah. <laughs> let's see if Mo can pull us out of the Steven Seagal nosedive. Yeah. Let's put this. So I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> okay. 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 So I'm talking about the person who was born, Jean Claude Camila Francois Van Varenberg. <laughs> wow. Wow. Otherwise known as Jean-Claude Van Damme. This I had no dog. idea his real name was more difficult yeah. than his stage name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He actually simplified it. <laughs> I first saw him in Bloodsport. Yes. Okay. Yep. I mean, yep. it was it was a crazy, cheesy movie that I watched so many times on VHS and in the theaters. I mean, it was just a nutty movie that I just thought was great. I think physically, he was one of probably the most athletic martial arts guys out there. Oh, yeah. No yeah. question. Yeah. He was up there with them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely yeah. way athletic. up there. Yeah, he was he was almost like a dancer. Yeah. As much as he was a mixed martial arts. Right. I mean, yep. and and yep. plus his martial arts, again, I liked him because his stuff was grounded. Like he was, you know, he actually trained in all these martial arts. But I don't know, unlike Steven Seagal, his stuff was definitely made bigger on the screen. Like he's doing stuff. I'm like, there's no freaking way that would work. But it was cool to watch. And his fight scenes were awesome. Plus, he had that very kind of, what's it called? Like, almost like a self-deprecating kind of attitude a little bit. Like, he wasn't like the Steven Seagal, like, yeah, I'm the best person out there. His character is right. never like no, that. No, he, mm-hmm. he could have a bit of humor in his right. dialogue, and it played well. And it played well, right, exactly. And granted, all his movies were pretty much on the same sort of vein. I mean, he did like Cyborg, Kickboxer. Mm-hmm. I like Cyborg. Impact, I love Kickboxer. Yep. Kickboxer was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Time Cop. John, here's something that you probably have seen recently in some documentaries. You know, his punch in Bloodsport is the inspiration for one of your characters from Mortal Kombat. That nut punch that he does in Bloodsport. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage's right. punch. It comes up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that yeah. was yeah. the inspiration. Well, in many ways, Johnny Cage was inspired by Van Damme and a few others anyway. It's it's the kind of well, wasn't like uh, over the Guile top, fully yourself sort of thing. Also from Street Fighter. God was kind of based on the military version of those action heroes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So for sure. So I say that's that's why I think he's up there. Definitely with the martial that's arts. That's a good area. pick. I like I it. I just yep. can't believe that he was in Predator. 
that's what threw me off. Yeah, where was he huh? in Predator? I don't. Where remember. was he in Predator? He was as an actor in Predator, and he was a stunt double. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't remember well, seeing him in Predator. Sense. I don't remember seeing him, but okay. Now, well, you wouldn't have noticed him because he was a stunt double. So yeah, he, ah, was, okay. he was like the a back of somebody at some point. Oh, probably, so he's only credited as a stunt double. I thought you said he was actor. Well, he's so. they list him as an actor on Wikipedia, but then okay. the notes say stunt double. So I got you. Yeah. Well, maybe in Predator, I mean, stunt double is most of the acting. So I guess that. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's probably there more than the actual actor was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's why. So, John, who do you got? I've got one that I think trumps both of these, but you very well may disagree. I'm talking about Carlos Ray Norris, better known uh -huh. as Chuck Norris. Oh, Ooh. fucking Chuck Norris. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I don't know how you have a better martial arts themed actor. I mean, that guy's pretty strong. His story is rooted in martial arts. I love yes, So after was. high school, he joined the Air Force. He did a stint in Korea, and there he started to study martial arts. Yep. He became a martial arts champion. He founded his own discipline called mm -hmm. Chun Kuk Do. Mm -hmm. And Chuck Norris is actually a black belt in three different disciplines. Tang Sung Do, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and Judo. Three black belts. And Mo, I know you spent some time doing martial arts uh, training and stuff. Oh, yeah. And that that's no slouch. Like, getting a black belt at all, but in multiple disciplines? Yeah, he is seriously legit, like martial artist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not like anybody who just acted or learned to do it or did it right. kind of past something. Yeah. He's like super legit. At one point, he was number one ranked in the world. I mean, he right. was he, he still is pretty awesome. Plus the whole Chuck Norris joke thing, but that's a whole separate thing. But right. Yeah. He was even like a friend and almost disciple of Bruce Lee. I mean, yeah. right there. He was. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, there were a lot of connections. Well, so we were, because his roots are in martial arts, he wasn't an actor who did martial arts. He was the other side of that because some actors do need to learn how to do some martial mm -hmm. arts for films. Sure. So in the 60s, that was his job. He was working in Hollywood training celebrities for Hollywood films, either doing actual martial arts or just training them in the discipline. And he had students like Steve McQueen, Priscilla Presley, the Osmonds, all came to him for martial arts training. None of which really fits the mold of somebody who's yeah. going to need to do martial arts in an <laughs> right, acting career. Right, right. What the fuck? Priscilla but, but he Presley? trained all of those folks, right? Well, just the athleticism that they would need in certain roles or in their life, right? Mm, and you're right. Bruce okay. Lee actually invited him to play a villain in Way of the Dragon. That was his first yeah, return. Mm -hmm. Otherwise known as Return of the Dragon. Right. In the U.S. as Yeah, it was renamed. And he didn't think it was going to be anything. And Steve McQueen, who was one of his students, encouraged him. Hey, dude, you're doing pretty good. And so his first starring role is in an 18-wheeler truck driving movie called Breaker Breaker. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. And that actually made money. So they cast him in Good Guys Wear Black the very next year. And mm -hmm. that was the hit. That, that was the hit for him. him. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That was only his second role. And it well, just you better shot talk about the missing in action series because that's really what yeah. defined his '80s run. I think. Oh yeah. Well, he had a run up to that, right? So he had a Force of One, Eye for an Eye, The Hitman, Force Vengeance, and then Missing in Action, which is another one of those VHS tapes that you see twenty copies of in every movie gallery you ever went to. Mm -hmm. And with Delta and Force, Missing in Action Two, and Missing in Action Three. Oh God, they kept going. So yeah. I, some of them made them a straight to video, I guess, later. But yeah, they didn't seem to get worse because they were kind of cookie cutter films. It was like, you know what? We got Chuck Norris kicking ass, roll tape, you know, and they did it and kept cranking out money with that. Well, and you talk about Delta Force. Didn't they use those motorcycles with the rockets on them in like 15 other films after that movie? <laughs> Probably. I kept seeing those in yeah. like science fiction movies and other action films. Because we're freaking cool. I mean, <laughs> they were like, what it's do like we got that they can sharks, ride on so that look on. badass? Hey, we can go get Chuck Norris's motorcycle from Delta Force, throw it you in the sea. You jetpack motorcycles? Do it. Uh, it's got to look different. Put some aluminum on the side. There you go. <laughs> you know, is it just me, but does it seem like Chuck Norris just seems like he is just a nice guy? He does. He really does seem like that. I don't know if he is, but I've never heard anything contrary to that. Just little things, like little cameo head and dodgeball, really, where he yeah. just gives mm -hmm. the thumbs up. You know, it's like, it's him <laughs> kind, of, kind of kind of <laughs> winking and nodding at the audience going, I'm Chuck Norris. You know who I am. Look at me, thumbs up. And that's all he needed to do. Yep. And he told the Chuck Norris joke in The Expendables. Did he? I forgot that. Yeah. He expendables like he shows up and he's like, Oh, I heard you got like bit by a spider. He says, Yeah, you know, suffer for seven days and finally, you know, the spider died or something like that, or the snake died or <laughs> right. something like that. You know, it was a Chuck, he told a Chuck Norris joke. On, well, and you movie. mentioned the all the Chuck Norris jokes that it became probably in the nineties, early internet. That was you could download lists and lists of these Chuck Norris jokes. Oh, they're funny. So I, I grabbed a couple of my favorites, like Chuck Norris does not sleep, he waits. <laughs> <laughs> the dark is afraid of Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris could dribble a bowling ball. And probably my <laughs> favorite crop circles are just Chuck Norris telling wheat to lay the fuck down. <laughs> I think my favorite is the boogeyman looks under his bed to see if Chuck Norris to see is if there. Chuck Norris right. is there. Yeah. yeah. So I think all of that just speaks to just how how high esteem we held him. He was the the epitome of badass 
of martial artists. And well, you know, and we got two people on this list that are polar opposites in their personal lives, even though they both attained similar successes in the film world. Yeah. Steven Seagal yep. is by most people's terms, an asshole. Yep. Chuck He's Norris a yep. is a super nice guy. Yep. And yet they both rose to prominence in their films. And I kind of wish that I had picked Chuck Norris. instead <laughs> For centuries, the society of the black dragon has sanctioned an ancient right of combat known as the Kumite open only to the world's most lethal warriors it has never been won by a westerner you are not Japanese I can do it now for the first time the true story of America's super agent Frank Dukes can be revealed Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, we've been focusing on the guys with their their big guns or big muscles and their their ninja moves, but it's not all testosterone in the action hero field. There are a lot of kick-ass women that have mm, been in a yes. lot of our media, and we have picked a few of our favorites here as well. And Mo, why don't we start with you? You picked a great one. Oh, yeah. My pick, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was Pam Greer. Mm. Oh, Foxy Brown. Uh, Foxy Brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, Foxy Brown. And to me, what makes her so important is that, number one, it was like a strong female lead in a kind of a physical role like you didn't see that back in this was it that came out like 74 or something like that mm-hmm. and I think she just helped pave the way not just for women but for women of color as well to kind of get into that field and do those kinds of roles and they showed that they can make money that they can be profitable and they can be good and she even reprised it like Quentin Tarantino she kind of did Jackie, Jackie Brown, Brown which was kind oh, of like yeah. Jackie I Brown love that film Ooh, oh yeah. that that's great? one of my favorites of all time I go back and watch that movie at least once a month I love oh, yeah. that movie and specifically because of her in that film yeah. she is iconic Yes, absolutely. Well, she just she walks on screen and she just she's 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 beautiful, but yes. she also just exudes power. Yeah, oh, she just takes over, right? Yes, yes, she takes over the scene. She takes over the other actors, and just like she is a, a force, but yet with so much grace. And it's, it's it, the Jackie she's Brown one is of the few of that. actors for me that outshined Samuel L. Jackson, and she did it in that film. Like anytime that they were in a scene together, I thought she was stronger in that scene oh, yeah. than he. He was and he's a tremendous actor. I would oh, love yeah. it. It was close. I mean, there's there no slouching going on. It wasn't like he was, you yeah. know, Sam Jackson was phoning it in, well, but exactly. Yes, she, no, she had yeah. that presence. Oh, yeah. Well, I think part of that too is that you know that Samuel Jackson worships, yeah, <laughs> Pam Greer because he grew up watching those black exploitation films. And I remember him saying in extra bonus features from Jackie Brown, I can't believe I'm working with Pam Greer. It's <laughs> fantastic. So he probably had a little, a little starstruck, maybe. Here's a little known fact Do you know that she was in a um, she was one of the radio announcers in Grand Theft Auto Five. Really? <laughs> really? Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. I mean, I can't tell you how many movies she's done. I mean, she's done, I think, at least like sixty movies or something ridiculous number like that. Well, she found a niche and she just she stayed in that groove and continued to put out not blockbusters but quality films. I mean, she's also done a lot of supporting acting mm-hmm. as well, which exactly I think it just goes to show that she's just all around a great actor in all facets. So. I mean, she was like a no-brainer for me as far as who to pick. I No, I think that was a failure of the era, right? They didn't yeah. take the female actors as seriously as they should have in the 60s, 70s, 80s. They really should have shown them more as leads. And instead, they were almost always relegated to supporting roles. They didn't mm-hmm. even have a Best Actress category at first in the Oscars, right? It was just supporting no, yeah, this, supporting true. that. And right, it was, yeah. you know, it was a failure on the part of Hollywood to recognize just how talented people like Pam Greer were. I mean, every Every woman that's on our list in this category, they absolutely have deserved an Oscar for one role or another in their career. Yeah. Whether they got it or not. Yeah, yeah. I think Pam yeah. Greer, she's one of the first female actors who epitomized that strength, her strength in every mm-hmm. role she was in. Yeah. Just incredible. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, she's definitely an action hero. No matter what she's in, she is yep. to me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Thankfully, things have changed and we're seeing a lot, a lot more 
female action heroes, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But for back in our days growing up, John, who did you pick? Well, I picked somebody that probably is an unlikely entry in this list because she's not a prototypical action hero. And and really, the bulk of her career is not action films. Mm -hmm. However, Linda Hamilton did bring Sarah Connor to Uh, life in Uh, the Terminator franchise. So I I couldn't not include her. I mean, she uh, her first film was a Stephen King adaptation of Children of the Corn in the early 80s. And it flopped. And then (laughs) her very next (laughs) film, she got cast as Sarah Connor in The Terminator in 84. Mm. And I'm going to talk more about her role as Sarah Connor in a second. But I mean, she went on with like King Kong Lives and she was in the Beauty and the Beast TV series for uh, Mm -hmm. uh, in the late 80s. Uh, And then she came back to the Terminator franchise with Judgment Day and then later with Dark Fate. She's done a lot of various TV shows and voice credits. But the thing I want to focus on with her is her range. And the journey that she presents through the character of Sarah Connor, she started, she was like this vulnerable, innocent young girl. And even in that film, she started to evolve into Mm -hmm. kind of taking control of her destiny. And by the second one, she became this badass gun toting Terminator, terminating freedom fighter. Super ripped. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my God. And then a dark fate, she comes back and now she's a woman in her mid to late sixties or something. Yeah. And she is still kicking ass and taking names. And so she's not had a road robust action hero career, but the contribution she made to female action heroes, I think merits her spot on our list. I remember looking at her in Terminator 2 going, damn, I wish I had those muscles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, uh, I wish I was as ripped as that lady. Damn. <laughs> I still remember when that movie came out, I saw, who did I see it with? I th- oh, I saw it with Tammy, uh, my kid's mom. And uh-huh. so for a second she saw her, she was like, God damn. I mean, it just, <laughs> she just like, because like, also it was such a change from the character in the first movie, right? Right. The thing is that her progression of her character, it also made sense. It didn't, like, she wasn't suddenly, like, just jump from, like, school kid to badass. You know, it, you actually it, it was gradual, it but it was about a strong woman who who rose to the occasion right. of the adversarial conditions that she was under, and she she did it with some grace. She definitely was haunted by it, but she stepped up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was it was so strong. That's why I love. Let's move on then. One more uh, lady we want to talk about, George. Who did you pick for our female action heroes? Yeah, I went with Gwen DeMarco. Huh? No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. I absolutely went with Gwen DeMarco. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, are you more comfortable with Ellen Ripley? Is that a better reference? That's a better uh, reference. That's yes, a better reference? Is. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course. I mean, Sigourney Weaver, she's one Badass. of my favorite actresses yep. of all times. The film that everybody knows that really put her out in the limelight, Alien. She was in a couple of films before that, but Alien is really the film yeah, that big, solidified big her. One, right? yeah. yeah, and what I loved about her in that film, when you start watching that movie, she's not the star at the beginning of the film. Mm-mm. She doesn't become the star until like the last 15 minutes of that Everybody's movie. Everybody's dying. Really. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you have other people that are known actors in, in that film that right. you Huge expect to be cast. stars, like, right. you know, yeah. especially Tom Skerritt. Oh, yeah. He's the captain of the ship. You expect him to be the guy think about this this is 1979 when this film comes out yeah that there's crazy? no reason that anybody other than tom scarrett should be the hero of that film and yet that's right it ends up being ellen ripley <laughs> yeah well that's the beauty of that film to put that responsibility on a female character and let her shine and boy did she. oh yeah. yeah absolutely through every decision that she made from the beginning of the film not wanting to let them back into the ship even though she was overridden all the way through to blowing the alien out the hatch I mean, just brilliant i mean i loved that character and she did so well that she ended up portraying that same character like three or four more times. <laughs> four more yeah. times at least. Yeah. 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 yeah, varying quality of films, but her acting, you know, continued to progress that character. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and aliens especially. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That one was about an top action. quality. I'm not, yeah. I'm not denigrating aliens. I'm talking about the later no. ones. <laughs> yeah. Alien three. Like I just, the other day I went through an aliens kick. I'm watching these films over. I just started thing. with did alien, yeah. started with aliens. I got to alien three and it took me like four days to finish that one because it was just so <laughs> bad. I had to keep stopping it. Oh uh, yeah. And she's done some other good stuff as well. I'm not, I don't know if she was an action star in these roles, but the ghostbuster films one and two. Yeah. I oh mean, yeah. Classic. And what really brought her back to memory for a lot of younger people was, the Galaxy Quest film. That's why I said Gwen DeMarco because <laughs> right, yes, she plays yeah. such a great character in that, such a caricature of all the things before her, but also of Ripley. She puts yeah. a lot of Ripley in that role. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so much I, fun. I see that. Yeah. I have one yeah. job and I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's another one that just has that charisma, that strong presence. Yeah. You know, she, she walks on the set and you're like, all eyes are drawn to her because she has some stuff to say and you know she's going to deliver it well. Well, 
Well, I mean, she even played a character called the big guy in the movie Paul, and it was a badass character. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. It was yeah. really good. Like, she's got this giant gun, and she's shooting people in the chest. It's an awesome character. <laughs> and when you see her in that role later on, you can't think of anybody else to inhabit that role. It has to be her. And that's mm. what I think yep. makes her such an iconic action star. I mean, I like all these actresses or actors that can almost like don't take themselves that seriously. Like the fact that she's willing to come back and basically kind of play uh, a Ripley-like character or something mm-hmm. like but make fun of it. To right. me, it's just, I think it's just fun and it makes it just so much more likable. Not, it's not self-parody. What am I trying to say? It's like self-homage. It's like, I know that I'm right. known for this. I'm going to play yeah. a role that kind of draws upon that and kind of put a spin on on it because I'm in on the joke too. And that, that right, kind of exactly, endears exactly. you to them. Yeah, yep. yeah, I agree. When Foxy Brown comes to town, all the brothers gather round because she can really shake them down. Foxy lady, Foxy lady. Pam Greer, that one chick hit squad who creamed you as coffee, is back to do a job on the mob as Foxy Brown. You tell me who you want done and I'll do the hell out of it. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today, and uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. There are a lot of different categories that we tried to come up with for these different action stars because mm-hmm. action star in and of itself is a subcategory of you know star in films. Mm-hmm. Right, right. When we were looking at the list, I said there's one that'll be a little bit different, but I think it fits with these actors, and that's they were either a cold action star or they were absolutely crazy. So cold or crazy is what <laughs> yep. we're going to talk about now. That's a good yep. one. I like that title. Yeah, okay. I thought you know I thought that was appropriate for some of these people. John, who did you pick? for cold or crazy i picked somebody that was a little crazy but i loved him for it mm-hmm. and what a career this man has had i'm talking about kurt russell oh yeah uh, yep, yep oh yeah now, he may be both because his delivery in some of his lines is very cool he's a little yeah. cold and crazy it could be you're right yeah snake do you know by the time he was 10 he had signed a 10-year deal with disney and was the top disney star of the 70s i know he was huge yeah he was a child actor crushing it mm-hmm. when he was young so think back to the 60s and 70s he had guests spots on classics you know like uh the virginian gilligan's island mm-hmm. lost in space the fugitive love american everywhere. style Gunsmoke, daniel boone he was in everything and you know we talked earlier about how john mcclane is this iconic bruce willis character the fact that kurt russell plays characters that bring so much life to them that they're as recognizable as mm. the movies that they were in think about when you hear the name snake plissken mm-hmm. <laughs> yep <laughs> okay that's as big as the movie <laughs> yep. he's in think about jack Burton. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> he is able to breathe life in these characters with so much humor and wit and badassery at the same time. And his action films, awesome. We talked about Snake Plissken, Escape from New York, The Thing, Big Trouble oh, in China. Yeah, the thing. But he was, was like amazing. Tombstone, Tango and Cash, Stargate, Death yeah. Proof. So many great things that Kurt Russell. I'd say in. my favorite movie that one of my favorites that he was in was a movie called Soldier. Did anyone ever see that one? Oh yeah, I love Soldier. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, 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 for me, sure. That was like it showed his range, right? Because it was an action movie i mean but his character was so kind of understated well yeah, yeah understated he didn't speak for the first 20 minutes of the film well that's what i meant like that's how <laughs> understated he was like, you just get that look of somebody who's just like on that verge of just like breaking down kind of he's right on that edge the whole time but he played it so well and plus i mean just the whole movie i just enjoyed as well but if it was for him it probably would not have been as good a movie he's probably one of my favorite actors of that era to see his range is like 
I, I, we're putting him in this action hero bucket, but he has so much range and he's been in so many things. I mean, from child Disney star to Snake Plissken, yeah. talk about a gamut you can run. And just a minute ago, we were talking about, George, you said Sigourney Weaver. She was in Galaxy Quest, which kind of right. drew on her history in Alien. How about Kurt Russell showing up as Ego in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy oh, 2? Oh, man. And he's basically a parody, not quite a parody, but you know, kind of a amalgamation of all of that snarky, witty, self-confident other characters he's played and they poured it into that one character mm-hmm. and I couldn't see anybody else doing that at this point. You know, that that role, perfect yeah. cast. You hear a little random trivia about him? Okay. You know that his name was the last word that Walt Disney wrote down before he died. Really? Man. And no one knows why. Wow. It was on his pad. He wrote Kurt Russell's name down and they found him dead in the office. Oh, that's fucking creepy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez. He's okay. naming his murderer. All right. No, that's, that's, <laughs> All right. Kurt Russell killed me. Yeah, it's <laughs> he has no idea what Disney was thinking. Was it written in blood? <laughs> Yeah, with Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> the L is trailing off across the desk. But man, he has a, such a long career too. That's why Kurt Russell is my pick. Yeah. So George, how about you? Who's your cold slash crazy action hero? For me, there's no better James Bond actor than Sean Connery. I Absolutely. love oh my gosh, I yeah. love other actors, but Sean Connery for me is the Dr. No. And oddly enough, before he got Dr. No, he was in like 10 to 15 other films prior to that. Oh, sure. But both the main people, the Broccoli's and Ian Fleming had to be convinced by their wives and or girlfriends at the time <laughs> that Sean Connery should be the guy because neither one of them wanted him for the role. They didn't want him in Dr. No. Really? Yeah, no, they said he was too crude. Dummies. He was too tall. Ian Fleming said he didn't want a stuntman for the role. He wanted an actor, which wow. I thought was incredibly short-sighted. And <laughs> well, yet, I guess he yep. ate those words later, though. He did. Well, very quickly because <laughs> right. had when to. they were looking at the screen test, uh, Ian Fleming's girlfriend at the time walked in and said, that's the guy who needs to be James Bond. And he said, why? And she said, because I want to fuck him. That's... <laughs> is, is that the only criteria? You don't have to act or anything. You know, he, he, no, he was smooth. sexual sex yeah, appeal. He did. I mean, he, he, was, did. He, yeah. he was so smooth in those roles. And that's what I mean. He was so cold. He was funny. But you knew he would whip your ass anytime. And Ian Fleming liked him so much after seeing Dr. No that he wrote Sean Connery's personal background into the character's background later on in You Only Live Twice by oh, really? determining that James Bond was a Scotsman oh, and a I couple other things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, okay. and it's not the only thing he's ever done action-wise. He's done League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which yeah. I know a lot of people didn't like, but I kind of enjoyed. I liked it too. I enjoyed it. Yeah. He's done Outland. That was oh, one of that my was favorite a, oh sci-fi my films of the like early a, 80s. The Space Western. I mean, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, The Rock? Come yeah, on now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Time Bandits. <laughs> Your best. Yeah. Losers always win. He was, he was in best. Time Bandits. I mean, <laughs> yep. he's done quite a bit. Highlander? Oh, I mean, really. yeah. yeah. Now, you're not going right. to put Highlander on action film series. I mean, I know it's science fiction, but that's really action as well. Uh, he's been in The Untouchables, so you know that yeah. gives him that street cred of an action star if you're in The Untouchables. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, he's, yeah. He right, Dr. Right. Jones. He's Indiana Jones' dad, for him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's even more badass than being So I'm Indiana not going to say he's yeah. the action star of those films, but... He, he definitely he's, inhabits his a fair character. share of, uh, of scrapes. Well, and George, you started out talking about Sean Connery by saying his role as James Bond, which I, I think in many ways defined much of his sure. career. But even in later roles and other things that he did, he brought that same kind of confident take control swagger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he walks in and you're like, oh, this is the guy in charge before he says anything because he just has that kind of presence. Yeah. I yeah. mean, John, you talked about The Rock. There was a film that came out that exact same year that I know was one of your favorites that he was a voice actor in and still brought that same kind of gravitas to Dragonheart. Dragonheart. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He was the dragon. Great in that. I, I wish I could be that smooth. Oh, God. Yeah. That cool. Don't we all? Don't we I all? I mean, yeah. that would be like amazing. Yeah. He has it and that's, you know, that's all there is to it. <laughs> I mean, to even to walk away from acting in 2006, and as a retired actor still be talked about as much as he is to this day and you know he's still capable of acting oh he, I didn't know that he totally retired from acting I didn't know yeah, that no he even announced it when he won a BAFTA award he mm. announced that he was retiring from acting and the only things he's done since then are voice roles or narration roles that's it he's okay. done well, two his of his voice them. is perfect for that though I mean come on right that's right yeah that's Scottish bro yeah. that's what the ladies love they right. the accent yeah. it's gotta be the accent <laughs> doesn't hurt right <laughs> doesn't hurt I gotta ask, Mo, is your actor on this list as sexually charismatic as Sean Connery? Okay, so remember we <laughs> earlier talked about separating the <laughs> artist from their art? <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, that's a setup. Here's a Steven Seagal right. moment for you. Yeah, you know, we, we talked about that, and 
this actor, I'll just say, has had a, let's say, troubled personal life, but their acting life has been amazing. And I'm talking about Mel Gibson. Ooh. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, my first thing, I saw him in um, The Road Warrior was the first one I remember seeing him in. And then oh, later okay. I saw yeah. Mad Young Max. Young man, 20, in his 20s yeah. then. Yeah. I saw him in Mad Max, like, after that. I saw him in ba- Backward Order. I mean, talk about action movies. This guy has done, I mean, Lethal Weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Braveheart. And again, separating the artist from the art and all that fun stuff. His roles, I mean, again, iconic roles, right? You know, Murtaugh and, <laughs> and all the stuff he's done. It's just, you can't think action hero without thinking of Mel Gibson in something. Yeah, no, he's, I think... He's not one of my favorite human beings on the planet, like Steven exactly. Seagal. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. But right. <laughs> his acting roles, his action starring roles especially, are tremendous. Although he's had some wonderful dramatic roles as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. Man Without a Face. Yes. Great That's movie. That's a great film. It's really wonderful. And mm-hmm. he does a great job in it. I loved his reimagination of Maverick. A lot of people didn't like that yeah. film. I enjoyed I that film it. quite that a bit. That was not bad. Yeah. It, yeah, was, it was a fun, fun movie. Too. It was a fun yeah. movie. It was fun. And he brings that kind of sense of humor to his action roles that not yeah. all actors do in that role. I mean, you know, Steven's go, I'm serious. I'm going to Aikido you. Hi, hi. You know, oh, whatever. But Mel Gibson, he, you know, he does the whole three stooges routine in lethal weapon when he's buying cocaine. Yeah. That's just brilliant yes, acting right. the way he pulls that off. It's crazy. And yet smart. Right. Yeah. At the yeah. same time. And you yeah. easily suspend belief and believe his characters are real. Like, even though sure. if you think about it, like, okay, there's no one that that's, but you know, he, he pulls it off. Well, especially in that role, some of the scenes, like where he puts the gun in his mouth and he starts crying because yeah. he wants to kill himself. You know, he's over the yeah. edge after the loss of his wife and everything. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it really kind of breaks your heart yeah. in some of those films. It wasn't until probably Lethal Weapon 3 that his character went a little off the rails, but then they brought it back in Lethal Weapon 4 with a fine film, I thought. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. Braveheart, I think that's one that even though it doesn't have a lot of historical accuracy, I think a <laughs> lot a of people movie. find that as one of the more iconic roles for that, you know, that really brought... Well, it is. Fourth, that century into film and TV. It takes some creative license, but it's 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 motivational, it's inspirational, mm-hmm. in, ter- in broad strokes, it kind of gets the message across. You know, another one like that that I love for him in was The Patriot, which is kind yes. of a little more yeah. recent, uh-huh. but th- that's one that brings tears to my eyes every now and again. It's about the American Revolution and that era. I think that was a fantastic film for him. Yeah. That was probably, for me, that was the last film I saw him in before his personal life started to somewhat tarnish. I learned more about him. Yeah. Right. That was kind of the rise of the internet, and you start learning about stuff that you, if you don't know but i know it's kind of crazy because I, I feel like it kind of like I, when i found out he was in um was it daddy's home too when he was like yeah, what's his when name's he was father, the father yeah. right i actually kind of didn't want to see it because i was like oh it's Mel gibson you know i feel bad because yeah. it's like it felt a little tone deaf almost yeah. casting him in that didn't it yeah but i can't argue that you know the bad max characters and all that stuff you talk about cold and crazy together oh yeah that's yeah. he's got he, it he's got that oh, yeah. done he has that totally down so for sure yeah Tomorrow, in a world gone mad, the only law will be a renegade squad of suicidal cops. And the open road will be controlled by gangs of glory roaders. Max is a cop, one of the best. Where does they're out to get you? Scoot jockeys? Yeah, no man trash. Mm. Well, I'll add it to my trade collection. American International presents Mad Max, the maximum force of the future. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy, plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That's just about going to wrap up our look at these Gen X era action heroes. There are so many more that we didn't cover here, but yeah. I mean, we're, it would have taken hours to go through all of them. We kind of just want to pick. I'm the, sure we'll get listener email. We will. Who do we miss? Who's your favorite? <laughs> Let us know an email. Right now, before we leave, I have another roundtable question that I want to run around to each of you. So there's been quite a trend in Hollywood lately of Gen X era actors reprising roles and characters they made famous mm. back in that time. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lyndall Hamilton, both on our list. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. both came back and 
Dark Fate. Mm-hmm. Star Wars did it with all those characters in the recent trilogy. But Jamie Lee Curtis came back in Halloween. That was awesome. And we just saw uh, <laughs> Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves brought Bill and Ted back some 15, 20 years later. So with all that happening in Hollywood now, the trend of like, hey, let's go back to the well on these characters. Now that's already happened for many of these we just mentioned, but that hasn't happened yet. Which action hero would you like to see revisit a character for a modern sequel? Oh my God. And why? Oh. You sound like you got one, but you want to go one. first? I got one. Go for I, it. Yeah, I, I got, it, it was actually same actor, two different roles, and I'm torn between which one, but I'm going to pick one because you only asked for one. So okay. I want to see Big Trouble in Little China 2. Mm. I want to see Jack Burton come I back. I want to see Jack Burton come back because that movie, that was just such a fun, I just enjoy that. I still watch it every now and then just to like, if I need a pick me up, I watch that movie yeah. because it just, well, yep. there's plenty of meat on the bone still in that universe, right? Oh, there's yeah. so much more mysticism oh, yeah. and magic and stuff that could be done Absolutely. with Jack Burton and his big rig and offer another adventure. Oh, oh yeah. Imagine doing that today with the special effects and things they could do today. There's been several really successful comic book series on that character. Seriously? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, oh, and yeah. that character, I just love that Jack Burton character is like, he thinks he's all that, but he's not. Right. Who? Yo, yeah, right. Hey. He kind of stumbles <laughs> backwards into success, which right, is exactly. fun. Right. But yeah, so he's definitely, that, that. if I had to pick one, I think that one, a couple others, but that was one I definitely would want to see again. Okay. How about you, George? You know, I, I thought about this when you first told us you were going to ask us this question, and it was hard for me to pick someone because I don't like to see actors reprise roles later on when they're outside of the prime of that character. It's just mm-hmm. not a yeah, thing that I, I enjoy that. that much. However, I think I would make an exception if they would do a retired, maybe an in charge version of James Bond with Sean Connery. Mm. Like maybe oh. if he was over MI6, oh. uh, he was over the double O's. I could see him reprising that role and I would really enjoy it. Ooh. I know we lost Judy Dench in the role. You know, her character yeah. died in Skyfall. We replaced her with a fine actor. Don't get me wrong. He's doing a great job with that role but I think I could have seen Sean Connery take that mantle but he has so much legacy and history with the franchise would it be awesome to see that you're, I, I can see that yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I almost wonder if he would like almost like would he overshadow it though in a way you know he would. Just, <laughs> he would well other actors gotta step up yeah. that's true that's true Daniel Craig is my second favorite James Bond yeah, character and good. you can't put both those guys in the same film because which one is James Bond you know which one is yeah. it yeah and, right yeah. but I think if you could find a way to switch that franchise Franchise from the James Bond character as the action part of it to a new double O becoming the new James Bond kind of guy. I could right. see James Bond mentoring. More of a going back and revisiting right. that Goldfinger James Bond and saying, what's going on with him now? Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that could be yeah. interesting. Oh, right. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. What about you, John? You know what? I think, Mo, you might have touched on and almost took my pick. Mm-hmm. Escape from New York is yeah, one of my, my all-time favorite films. <laughs> that was my second Escape choice. from L.A. is one of my all-time hated films. Yeah. I did not like that sequel. No. But I would love to see a modern version of Snake Plissken. What's yeah. he up to now? How big a badass is he? Or not. In the modern envi- <laughs> environment of the world? I mean, they envisioned a future that was different from ours, of course. Now mm-hmm. we're past that future. What would he be doing now? You know, what, he, he was a criminal who was yeah. called upon to save the president because he was the only man that could do it or who was expendable enough to do it. And he succeeded. And just he had brought so much to that character, Snake Plissken, that I would love to see a modern version wow. of that. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? I'd really like to hear some of our fourth listener opinions on that question, too. Give some other opinions out there for what they'd like yeah, to see. Yeah, there have to be others we haven't thought of that oh, would absolutely. be equally fun to see. Oh, man, this has been a lot of fun running through these action heroes with you guys. Before we leave, you know we like to take just a second here to give our <laughs> gratitude to our Deep patrons breath. who support us over on Patreon. These are folks that literally keep the books in the black, allow us to continue to do what we do here on the podcast, over on YouTube and on the website. And I want to thank each one of you individually. Thank you so much. Mark, Mike C, Agile, Greg Z, Thomas, Arlem, Sean, Dan, Greg L, Lee, Chet, Marcus, Slomo, Tony, Chad, Chewbacca, Travis, Ben, Matt, John with an H, Jason, Davis, Stian, Stew Monkey, Blasteter, Stash It, <gasps> Levi, Dana, David, Shelby, <laughs> T2, and Adam. Wow, such a growing and amazing list of people. And we're so, so grateful for what you do to help us out. If you're interested in supporting us financially over on Patreon and you're not sure how to do it, George, would you run down how they can get that done? Absolutely. Throw your grenades, pull your triggers, and run over to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. <laughs> Click those three-second timer buttons for $1. That means we love you, you love us. $2, we love each other. 
double as much three dollars get you into that back behind the scenes kind of content where you get to see all the fun things i'm hoping we have an embarrassing picture of mo up soon Uh-oh. five dollars get you into that swag and just a matter of time this new crazy <laughs> level that has been demanded by a couple of our patrons i think what is it like 25 dollars a month that these that's right nutballs yeah. are sending us every it's no no just, these wonderful people <laughs> <laughs> no, they're nutballs. I don't care. They're awesome nutballs. I love well, them. What, what's wrong with you people? When they cross? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every single one of the patrons, from $1 to $25 beyond, whatever it is that you contribute to Gen mm-hmm. X Grown Up, it makes us feel so appreciated, makes us want to keep creating this content for you, even during these very difficult times. We, yeah. we love doing this outside of our normal everyday lives and it's because of people like you who let us know that we're appreciated and we really appreciate you guys Mm. testify amen agree with every single word well said (laughs) with that then we're gonna put this show to bed we're gonna have another backtrack for you in two weeks of course but a regular episode is coming your way next week until then i am john george thank you so much for being here yes sir mo you know i appreciate you oh man always fun and fourth listeners we appreciate you most of all and we will talk to you next time bye-bye See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grown-Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. No till sunrise. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's, well, did I talk about the back? Yeah, okay. Did I spook you too much with <clears throat> No, that? you did fine. You did fine. <laughs> okay. I just, you, you threw them. <laughs> I guess. You're crazy. You've never said hello like that. Uh, yeah, okay. The Backtrack Edition is, as you know, the episode where we take a single nostalgic... What, how do I say that? A single... You said it before. I say that? A single nostalgic... Do you need us to call the plumber? What? Maybe. Maybe he can do this show. What <laughs> What do I say? A single nostalgic topic. A single nostalgic topic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Blech. Before we jump into that, can I make a stupid segue here? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Hero. Yeah. Probably. Be hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. Oh, for sure you can. That's, that's unkind. How many restarts during the intro do I need? <laughs> Five, four, three. Before we get into that, are he, that's not going to work. No, fuck the segue. I'm not going to do it. I don't have one. It's early. I was up late. In five, four, three. Before we get into that, it's time for some fourth listener eel. Wow. Eel. Holy cow. We can't these do are these among on, the first words I've spoken Sunday today. anymore. So no, no Sunday is right out. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Spanish. And it's Verlaine, and we are GameFix. Hey, where are you going to get the latest video game news and reviews? A- anywhere on the internet. No, no, no. Where, where are you going to get unfiltered opinions, brutal truths, and pretty much things nobody has the balls to say? Ah, then, my friend, you're talking about us, the GameFix podcast. Damn right I am. If you want to join us for our takes on gaming news, honest gaming reviews, and celebrity interviews... Oh, we're doing this rhyming thing? Well, then get on your shoes. We'll eliminate your blues. Hey, you might end up with some really heavy clues. No, no. Find our podcast on iTunes or our website at GameFixShow.com. Hey, maybe video games aren't your thing. I was a loser once, too. We talk movies, comics, toys. To convince you that everything that we just said is true, here's Duke Nukem. Cheers, love. The cavalry's here. No, 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 no. The other line, man. Take it from me, Duke Nukem. Either listen to the Game Fix podcast or go f*** yourself. I don't really care. Whoa! Whoa!